It's yet another week of the Here to Thrive podcast. Thank you so much for joining me yet again to hear about how we can all just live a little bit happier. And today I'm talking about authenticity and more importantly, the big question that underpins that idea. Who am I? I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about my story in this podcast, just as a way to illustrate how you can dig deeper into that question yourselves. I'm going to talk about identities and how they can mask authenticity. I'm going to really dive into how our unconscious identifications can really mess us up in this space. I'm also going to answer the question, how on earth do we actually connect with ourselves and learn about ourselves? and give you three areas to focus on to really help put yourself onto that path of expressing your authentic self in life. Before we launch in, I also want to say I'm in podcast planning mode. I've got a whole bunch of guests lined up over the next few months, but I would really like to know what topics you'd like to hear me talk about on the podcast. So if you want to flick me an email, you can just head over to my website at thrive.how and you'll see a contact link there with what you'd love to hear me speak about or otherwise leave it in the reviews on iTunes and I will check them there. But I want to know what you want to hear about. What are the issues you're facing right now or the things you'd really like some insight into how to overcome? And I'll do my best to address those in upcoming episodes. But without further ado, let's rock on about authenticity today. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up, and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Now, authenticity to me is one of those really big buzzwords. I have often kind of tried to stay away from it just because I feel like, what does it really mean? And in my mind, so many people have different kind of interpretations or leanings around it that it can be really hard to lock down what this looks like when you're really living your authentic truth. I touched on it in another podcast episode weeks and weeks ago where I leaned on Brene Brown's definition of authenticity. She speaks a lot to this point. But in this one, I'm going to take you down my path a little bit more and what my journey towards authenticity has looked like. And that's really helped me, I guess, understand it and feel much more confident talking about how I see this concept. And I think it starts with our identities. Who do you identify as? If I asked you who you were, what would you say? I know that for me, I'm a mom. Now I'm a coach. I used to be a corporate consultant. We have these labels that we give to ourselves. We're all so unique. It doesn't matter what we do for a job or what our interests are. 
each and every one of us is beautifully, unusually, uniquely perfect. And I think that we forget that all too often. But my identifications played a big part in me kind of having my come to my knees moment where I really addressed the question of who am I? And I think that is the big question that sits underneath us really being able to connect with our authentic selves. Without knowing who we are, how on earth can we express that in the world? It's only once we have clarity and certainty around that that we have the confidence to show up and kind of own it, for lack of a better way to put it. So I do believe that authenticity comes down to answering this question in a holistic way, not in a put a label identification over it. I'm a mom, I'm a engineer, I'm a taxidermist. No, I mean in a deeper way. I mean exploring our inner selves and realizing how dynamic and unique we are. And unfortunately, answering that question in a meaningful way, who am I? I don't believe it has a simple answer. But coming back to my story, in my 20s, I studied really hard and got on the career path to becoming a corporate psychologist. I was a corporate psychologist in my 20s. So I was working in corporate consulting. I was a trusted advisor to many. I was a manager. I wore high heels and beautiful suits, some of which I spent too much money on because at that point, eh, I was really only spending money on myself. But I had the look on the outside, right? I was completely identified with this corporate successful persona. What I didn't realize is that I was identified with it, that I was really attached to this identity I had created for myself. And in fact, it was the only thing I'd really been attaching myself to. So all my other interests had fallen kind of by the wayside and I had invested wholeheartedly in this one identity, switched on savvy corporate woman. It's what I would call an unconscious identification. I didn't realize how much my self-worth was wrapped up in this one label. Now, in terms of that one label, it came down to the word probably for me of psychologist. That is what I had been working towards for many years. And it was the pinnacle of label when it came to the consulting career I was in. We were all working towards finally getting that label of being a psychologist. So I got there and I can remember I was about 27, 28 when I qualified. Finally got my piece of paper that I was no longer a provisional psychologist. I was a for reals one. And it was a moment of pure like excitement. I was so excited. But about as quickly as I had that piece of paper, I was pregnant. So I got it when I was 28 because I got pregnant when I was 29. And I quickly replaced my pursuit of achievement with this excitement that comes with anticipating the birth of your first child. Oh my my, if you've been there, it is so exciting. And I was just lapping it up. I was a typical mom-to-be, just marinating in the joy of all of that, and it was amazing. But what I hadn't realized is that 
in my decision to step away from the corporate market for a full year and into stay-at-home mummydom, which is what I wanted to do, there was no question about that, I was walking away from an identity I was very, very attached to. Now, a year after having my baby, I did actually go back to the same corporate job. And I worked part-time, but only for a couple of months before my husband got a really phenomenal opportunity in the States. And so we jumped ship on a plane, off we go. I was pregnant with our second child. So it didn't make sense for me to go and find another job uh, with only a couple of months left until our second baby was going to be born. So I fully immersed myself in the stay-at-home mom thing. But along with the shift from moving internationally from New Zealand to America, my qualifications in New Zealand didn't kind of buy me the same title in the USA. Now, this is probably all sounding like a little bit, really, she was that attached to a title. Like I said, I didn't realize I had been, but it was kind of like the certificate for my success. So I get to America and I'm like, oh, I don't think I can register as a psychologist here. What on earth does that make me? Then I have a second child and I fall further and further into this identity of just a stay-at-home mom. Now, other mums out there, I'm sure you can hear me. I've spoken about this in my mom groups about how the longer you're out of the workforce, and when I mean workforce, I mean typical workforce. I totally think being at home with your kids is the hardest job in the world, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, But when you're out of a typical what is considered the workforce, it does a doozy on your self-confidence. So here I am, two babies, no longer a psychologist, and I hit my rock bottom. I'm exhausted and stuck in my day-to-day routine. And I'm like, oh my my, I'm lost. As in, I have lost myself somewhere in here. Who on earth am I? It was that moment that I realized how attached I had unconsciously been to these titles and labels that I had worked so hard for in my 20s. And I didn't know who I was without them. My self-worth was plummeting at this time. I forgot how capable I was of anything. And I didn't even know where to begin with answering this question. For me, it was the first time my intuitive voice, if you want to call it that, had kicked in in years. And I started a blog because all I could remember is that I loved psychology and the happiness side of psychology, and I loved to write. So I was like, I'm going to start a blog. It was the best decision I ever made. It got me doing something that lit the spark in my soul. It's not going to be the same for everyone, but for me, that was that first step to coming home to myself. So those unconscious identifications, those are the ones that I believe we don't even realize we're tied up in. It's the things we don't realize that we have tied our self-worth to. And the things that if we lost, we might feel like an untethered ship floating around in the water without an anchor. Have you been there? So coming back to this concept of authenticity, What is it anyway? 
I've heard authenticity being described as who you are when you remove those labels. If you'd said that to me back when I was going through those moments of complete and utter confusion, I would have said, awesome, well then without those labels, I'm pretty sure that makes me authentically a nobody. I had no idea what I liked. I had no idea what I needed. I had no idea how to answer that question in my soul of who I was. So like I said, there's a lot of definitions out there. And I talk about Brene Brown's in my other authenticity podcast episode. But in this one, I want to give you just my heartfelt definition of what I think it is now. Having been on this journey to find who I am, what would I now describe authenticity as? I think when you're living an authentic life is when you feel most alive. It's when you feel grounded within yourself and you know that your well-being isn't dependent on the things outside of you. For me, I believe it comes from a place of self-worth where you're not afraid to show your quirks or own your strangeness. It includes self-knowing and I believe it's that deep sense of self-knowledge that leads to the inner worthiness and confidence. Without knowing yourself, how can you ever be expected to express yourself? In summary, I basically equate authenticity with deep inner personal knowing. It's about truly understanding yourself and being your own best friend. Easier said than done. I totally get it. So as with all my podcasts, I want to take you to the action points. Talking about all that beautiful stuff around how we can answer that question of who am I? Where on earth do we go from there? I believe the first place you have to start is prioritizing connecting with yourself. To get to know yourself, you have to talk to yourself. Now, how you do that is up to you. Perhaps it's journaling or coaching or therapy or sitting with yourself in silence. I swear meditation was the strangest experience for me at the start. I didn't know how to sit with myself in silence. It's how little I knew myself. But self-reflection is the starting point and it has to be. You can't express yourself authentically if you don't know yourself. It's no different to us going on a date with a potential new lover. Those first few weeks, we get giddy because we are learning all about someone. We learn about our potential lover's likes and dislikes and interests and dreams. When was the last time you checked in with yourself and asked yourself those questions? Because we change and we grow. Or are you too afraid to ask yourself those questions? Now, there's got to be a journal out there that like prompts you through this. I should see if I can do some research and find anything. If I do, it'll be in the show notes. Perhaps I should just write one. But you need to dedicate the time to answering these deep questions and giving yourself the space to address them. Learn who you are from the inside out. The exercises I do with my coaching clients as part of my Thriving Life Project, at the start always focus on self-knowing. Usually people come to me and they're feeling a little confused or unbalanced and I always think it's important to start from a place of self-reflection and self-knowledge. 
And so we do a personality questionnaire and then dive deep into values. That's where I started my journey. What do I need to be happy? Now, that's a big question. What do you need to be happy? The values identification is always the session that my clients seem to rave about. It brings me such joy because it really is a way to explore ourselves and come out with some tangible foundation stones that we can hold our hat on and go, this is what makes me joyful. This is what a good life looks like to me. And how can I now align myself with these ideas? So start with connecting with yourself. Start on a project of getting to know yourself. My second tip for living an authentic life is try things on for size. Try new things. Be daring enough to step out of your comfort zone and indulge your curiosity. Now, Elizabeth Gilbert has the whole Flight of the Hummingbird speech that if you haven't watched it is incredibly inspiring. I'll link that in the show notes too. But often we don't have passions because passions take time to build. There's very few of us who are born knowing what we're passionate about and blind and one-eyed about it. Most of us grow into our passions and it starts with indulging our curiosity. So what are you interested in knowing more about? Are you interested in trying out tramping, for example? Or have you been wanting to look into yoga, but are just too nervous to go to that first class in case you feel completely out of place? I hear you. I strangely suffer from a little dose of social anxiety, and it shows up in the strangest times for me. Going to a new yoga class is definitely something that gives me the mild panics. So I hear you. But what I would say is if there's something you want to try, overcome your fear Because truly, your authentic self may very well live on the other side of that. So what are you interested in knowing more about? What would you like to try? What is on your bucket list of things you'd like to do? Choose one of those things and try and do it over the next few weeks. But along with this point, and just as important, is when you're trying new things, don't also be afraid to step away from them if they don't feel good. Now, this is where I got a little bit lost on my journey back to authenticity. So after I took off my I am a corporate consultant hat and my identity had been very tied up with the corporate success model, I in some ways started indulging my interests. I've always been a spiritual seeker. So I reconnected with that part of myself that I had indulged big time when I was a teenager. And instead of just, and this is so typical, I went whole hog and now I can look back and see I just replaced one identity with another one and I jumped wholeheartedly into new age spiritual seeker identity. What I realized is there were a number of things that I thought I should look at or people that I thought I should follow and things that I thought I should do that I have now stepped away from because they didn't feel good to me. You need to know when you're doing something because it brings you joy or if you're doing something because you think it's the thing you should do. Should means whoa back. Authenticity and should, they don't go together. Now that leads me perfectly into my third point. Stop listening to the voices outside of you and start listening to the voice within you. Your voice is the only one that matters. 
learning to trust ourselves is one of the most important parts of connecting with our authenticity. We have to learn to first of all hear that inner voice that we all have. Oh my my, I shut mine down for so long. And then learn to trust it. And they're two separate things. Flexing my intuitive muscle and getting it stronger, it took some practice and it took me acting on a tiny little nudge, something that didn't have too much to win or lose from, and it feeling so good to have the confidence to then trust myself that little bit more. I also really did a lot of work in terms of cultivating listening to my inner voice. Again, journaling can be so good for this, but I think the greatest thing for me personally has been meditating. I can hear my own voice or the voice of my higher self, if you want to call it that, only when I'm still and quiet. Now just think about that for a second. The worlds we live in are so madly crazy. We are rushing from one thing to the other. We are go, go, go. And there's always something to fill our time with. There's TVs and cell phones and noise. When was the last time you were quiet? Because that voice inside of us, it doesn't scream and shout. You're going to have to get really quiet to hear it. And whatever that kind of stillness looks like for you, I often recommend people start with literally just driving in the car by themselves with no music on. If the idea of meditating seems a little bit freaky, or as Ali and last week's podcast recommended, literally just getting up and sitting on your bathtub edge for a couple of minutes after you would pee in the morning and just being still with yourself. But I would encourage you to really get quiet so that you can hear your own voice. Because I know that so many seekers, and I've noticed the more extroverted you are, the more likely you are to want to talk things out with other people. And I get it. But don't trust anyone to give you advice on your own life. It's your life. You are the expert. You know, as a coach, I'm very careful not to tell people what to do. I help people pull out the answers from within them, but I don't tell people how to run their lives. I'm not qualified to do that. Only you are. And I do see with a lot of sort of spiritual teachers and healers and things like that, that often people look to those people for the answers. I'm going to see my spiritual healer for my answer. I'm going to talk to my therapist and hope to get an answer. Please trust yourselves because we're all capable of deep wisdom and it's what leads to true authentic alignment with ourselves is listening to our own voices, weeding out the noise and filtering out everybody else's opinions. So in summary, in terms of getting in touch with your own authenticity, I totally believe it starts with huge self-reflection, getting to know yourself, looking at yourself from the inside out. It also takes a little bit of courage and daring. We learn on the way, and part of that means indulging our curiosities and seeing what feels good and what doesn't. 
it means being discerning and knowing that we have to reject some things as well. And then finally, I totally believe it's about hearing and cultivating our inner voice and learning to trust ourselves. That's what takes the authentic vision and helps it come to life. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on this whole authenticity piece. It's kind of a buzzword. I'm not that into buzzwords. So I just wanted to break it down a little bit for you today and hopefully make it more approachable for you. Like I said, I'm in podcast planning mode. So if you have any ideas or topics you'd love me to address on the podcast, flick over to my website, thrive.how, and you'll find a contact link in the menu. I'd love to hear from you. Flick me an email with your thoughts or otherwise leave me a review in iTunes with some little tidbits of what else you would like to hear. I appreciate your thoughts, your feedback, your love, and just keep on thriving.